재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back. Today is the first day of TBS EFM's Spring 2016 season. And so we've done a little tweaking here and there. We're bringing you a few changes. The first of which comes in the form of this brand new segment, Rock Scholar, as in Republic of Korea. It's kind of a peek at some of the Korea stuff many people may know about on the surface, but may not have stopped to consider all of the whys and wherefores to help us through it. We have self-avowed Korea nerd Alex Sigrist here in the studio. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kurt. It's good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, now, basically, you have been a voice, a longtime voice on our weekend show, Expat Intel. Right. And so we are giving the masses what they want, which is more Alex Sigrist. <laughs> your, your segment has been one of the most popular ones uh, on the weekend. Oh, you're too kind. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, we, we respond to the crowd demand. So <laughs> it's great to, uh, to have you here. For those of you who are weekday listeners and uh, kind of maybe hearing you for the first First time. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, my name is Alex Sigrist. I come from the United States, and I am, a, like you said, a self-avowed Korean nerd. <laughs> I, I, I love learning. Uh, it's kind of just what I've always done. I studied science back in the United States, so that's where I get my, my love of science. Mm. I got a biology degree. I came to Korea and actually have a master's degree from Seoul National University Graduate School of International Studies, studying international studies. And actually, I am skipping class right now. I'm supposed to be at Yonsei okay. <laughs> doing uh, Korean classes right now. So I'm always learning. Um, it's just kind of who I am. I'm always asking why. And that's what I enjoy. All right. Well, we've just gotten you in trouble with your Yonsei teachers. I'm sorry <laughs> well, about that. Well, hopefully she's not listening right now because she's supposed <laughs> yeah, to be teaching. Because she'll be skipping class. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and uh, I kind of previewed what this particular segment's about, but just uh, sum it up for us once again. You're kind of peeling back things below the surface, right? Right. So we're going to take some simple questions with Rock Scholar. We're going to take a question that everyone kind of knows the answer to, such as, why do Koreans like coffee? But we want to transform them into next level questions and just dig up as much knowledge as we can. Like with coffee, we'll find out a little bit more about the history of it in Korea, but also some science. We can bring in economics, just whatever academic disciplines we need with a good amount of research. And we're going to just really kind of nerd out. I'm we're excited. We're going to nerd out. We're going to yeah. pick a question and just nerd out on it. Yeah. So, uh, and part of this is a thought experiment, I'm told. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also going to be a thought experiment, experiment section because we really want the audience to be involved because it's not about lecturing. It's not how you learn. You learn through conversation. And so we're going to have a thought experiment each time too to get us ready for the topic and also warm up the mind on you know, it's Monday morning. And it gives us a chance to interact with the audience because we're going to be accepting you know, any comments or questions also with uh, the at Koreascape hashtag on Twitter. Our, if you hashtag ROK Scholar, sure. then you'll be able to kind of be yeah. involved. Even if you don't remember the hashtag, it would be great if you did. ROK Scholar, Rock Scholar, uh, just tweet at Koreascape and we'll know where to send yes. things. We can figure that out. So it's a two-way conversation and uh, we hope to bring in the listeners to the fullest extent possible. But uh, for the time being, you and I will just uh, jaw away here. <laughs> All right. So what uh, topic are we focusing in on this week? Well, today we're going to go into something that's very time-relevant. We're going to jump into yellow dust. Yellow dust. It is, you know, you'll wake up one of these fine mornings uh, pretty much in April, and you'll see the uh, cityscape with almost like a Photoshop yellow filter over it. Yeah, that's actually the best way to describe it. You'll just look in the <laughs> you'll distance. you'll say, how pretty, and then you'll start sneezing. You know? No filter, right? <laughs> but yeah. It's unfortunate, but yellow dust, also known as Huangsa, which is taken from the Chinese characters, which no surprisingly means exactly yellow dust, mm. is just something that affects Korea usually every March and a little bit into April. 
and it's a, it's a, it's a bother. It is a bother. You know, the thing with Korean weather is that you always get something nice, and then you get something not so nice. You know, so the the cold is finally leaving us. Oh, it's yellow dust time. The yellow <laughs> dust leaves, and oh, it's mosquito time. You know, <laughs> it's like oh, okay, yeah. there's a there's a pro and a con to yeah, every yeah. season. But anyway, why did you select uh, yellow dust? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that, and I think the, the main reason is that it's a societal issue that affects everyone. And I think it's something we should all be aware of. We should always be aware of the environment around us. And like I said, you know, I'm a science nerd, so you don't mess with the environment. You got to I think everyone really needs to know about the issues and understand why these things happen. But on a personal level, I love running, taking bike rides yeah, on yeah. the Han River, and I just get frustrated when I don't know am I allowed to run today? Should I not run today? Is it healthier just to stay inside and watch TV, which it might be. And some of these uh, warnings that go out, and sometimes you'll watch the weather or see it online, they can be a little bit alarmist. It's like, don't breathe. Don't go out and breathe. Uh, you know, or wear your mask, that kind of thing. And I know you a little bit on a personal level. You, are, uh, you, 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 you have environmental triggers. You're a bit of a, uh, a green, save the planet kind of guy. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> um, it, within reason. You yeah. know, I don't believe in going all out. Uh, we have a lot of great technology that I love to use. And, you know, there's other parts of science that are really cool, and sometimes you have to use electricity to use your phone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if, it come, if it's something simple that we can fix, I get a little <laughs> frustrated when it's, <laughs> yeah. why not? Why? So you get, you get frustrated at people that bring a snowball into Congress and say there's oh, no my, global don't, warming. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, you promised nerdiness. Shall we right. jump into the nerdy part? Yeah, let's jump into the thought experiment. Let's get into it right now. Uh, let's get into the moon. Let's get a little bit academic, and let's go ahead and get nerdy. So, oh, did you bring theme music? We did. Is this our our, our nerd theme music? This is the thought experiment <laughs> mood music. So, yeah, I want you, Kurt, and our listeners to imagine this: we are in the 1970s, any country in the world. Okay. And we're there, and we're walking down our local park. Let's say the Han River, and on your right side is the undeveloped Gangnam area. Okay. Now, in the 70s, I want you to think of someone coming up to you and saying, "Hey." In 30 years, look at this guy. In 30 years, the air is going to get so bad, you're actually going to need a mask to go outside. No, I want my undeveloped Gangnam to remain the, the peaceful, <laughs> tropical paradise that it is right now. <laughs> so exactly. I want you guys to think about it. How much of a surprise would that be to someone in the 70s? Because right now we go outside, maybe in Korea, maybe in China, in the U.S., and there may be days or months where you're supposed to wear a mask. Yes. And so think about that for a little bit. Doesn't it sound a little over the top? Yeah. So let's come back. Come, come back, back down. From Here we are. Experiment. 2016. And just think about how crazy that sounds for a second. Yeah. Like, the, the, I think the crazy part isn't that, you know, someone's saying that. The crazy part is us accepting that. Yeah. Like, that you shouldn't be able to just... One of many, many things that uh, about 2016 that would have sounded absolutely crazy in the 1970s, but especially on the environmental level, wow, the fact that uh, your eyes are watering and you need to wear a mask just to walk to work and that yellow sort of look to the uh, sunset, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a bummer to be honest with you. Yeah, so get involved. Uh, if you have anything you want to say about us, again, like we said earlier, yeah. send a tweet to... 
How do you feel about yellow dust? Is there anything you uh, want to know about it? Do you think it can be prevented or do we just have to live with it? Send a tweet to at Koreascape. If you think of it, put the hashtag RockScholar on there and we will absolutely read out your responses in next week's episode. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, like I said, it's uh, a bit depressing to uh, go through this Huangsai. I wonder, can we break down a little bit what uh, the Huangsai's causes and, and effects are? Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to bring us into kind of our next level thinking, our next level question, which is, it's, it's not, is yellow dust bad or why is it bad? But we're going to talk about, you know, what really is Huangsa at its core and what are the impacts, both direct and indirect, of yellow dust on Korean and its residents? We're going to talk about, you know, also things that will help our audience be more better, well, to be better educated and safer in the long term. Is yeah. it time to panic, Alex? It is not time to panic. It's just time to act. Okay. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, look at, you know, the bridge is out two miles down the road. We can start slowing down now. Yeah. We don't, you don't have to, like, you know, turn the car out to the side and stop it. Okay. It's just kind of to be aware of the surrounding. And don't worry, at the end, we have, you know, some uplifting good news coming out of it. So we'll Now, the basic okay. superficial knowledge about uh, Huangsa is that it kind of, it comes from China. So do we blame China? Well, we can, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it comes from more than just China, too. Uh, there's other parts of the desert, also parts of uh, Kazakhstan and Mongolia. And there's other names also, just to be aware in case anyone's out there has heard this before. The yellow dust, yellow winds, yellow sand, Asian dust, all of these names you may have heard. Now, these are they, these are dust storms in a way that move small clouds of fine dust particles, sand, literally, uh, to Korea. And not just Korea, of course, you know, also uh, Japan parts of China, parts of Russia, Russia. So I don't, I didn't know exactly all I need to know about it. So I got an interview, actually. I went to the University of Seoul this past week to get some more insight on yellow dust from Dr. Jamin Song from the <sighs> Department of Urban Planning and Design. Uh, we heard of, we heard from her on yeah. uh, four episodes of uh, Project Seoul. Yeah. And she's an expert on climate change and gave me a little bit of a better understanding of what is and what isn't yellow dust. So let's take a listen to a portion of that interview that'll help us clear up exactly what this is and how it differs from other forms of pollution. So yellow dust, as many of you know, it comes from the deserts of Mongolia and China. And it's not a new phenomenon in Korea. It has been there for decades, especially during the springtime. Although the major components of yellow dust are sand and materials from the earth crust. The problem is that yellow dust often carries various industrial pollutants, including mercury and cadmium, because of the rapid industrialization of China. I would say it's not a misconception, but here I wanted to clearly point out that yellow dust is different from ultra-fine dust, because many Koreans tend to be confused about those two terms, but they are different in their origins and major components. And why yellow dust is of natural origin? Fine and ultra-fine dust is largely of man-made origin. So when coal is combusted, nitrogen oxides and sulfur oxides are emitted as gases. And these gases turn into nitrate and sulfate after chemically reacting with other substances, forming ultra-fine dust. And actually, recent studies have revealed that the majority of ultra-fine dust originated from within our country, Korea. Some part of ultra-fine dust are coming from China. 
So I heard a couple of important points there, Alex. Uh, one, industrialization is largely to blame for a fine dust, and with that comes deforestation. You know, right. there's, uh, that used to block a lot of the dust. And on the ultra-fine level, these coal burnings produce these uh, byproducts that yeah. combine physically with the ultra-fine dust and come on over here, and they become all the more toxic than just dust. Right. And this all started back in the 1950s like with the industrialization of China. I mean, the first, issue, the first yellow dust was recorded in 1150 BC, a long time ago in Chinese literature. But it became a problem because of what you're talking about right now, this industrialization, the deforestation, and all of those issues. Okay. So what impact does it have on us here in Korea? Well, most people think it's only about our lungs, but it's really much further – it's much farther reaching than that. It's more than just our respiratory systems, and there's a lot of myths we need to expel. Okay. Uh, but first, just to kind of like show you right now, there is also an economic cost that we should be aware of. So there was a study done by Dayeon Jong, uh, Dr. Dayeon Jong, a professor of sociology at uh, Jeju National University, that found out. And this was this was what, 13, 14 years ago in 2002. It's estimated that somewhere between three billion nine hundred million dollars uh, and then seven billion three hundred million dollars that's the economic cost in korea the social economic cost wow it's, it's isn't that number amazing and that Mo- was i think most ago. of that is probably medical bills right uh, it's it's medical it can be anything from delays in travel there's also uh you know the government shuts down sometimes or they'll shut down outdoor activities there's lost productivity with farms and We'll, we'll get to that, and it's, it's a really a lot. Like, um, in fact, let's just go ahead and jump to that. So there's a lot of issues that have with farms that deal with farms. So it doesn't just land in your lungs. Okay. These land on fields, and these fields can become infertile from it. So you are not just breathing in this yellow dust. You oh, may be yeah. eating this yellow dust. So and- this is the crazy part. This is the part that really blew my mind was that, you know, we have to think of the food chain. So these, these, these metals come down and they land in these, you know, aquifers or place where fish are, and the fish eat it. And then someone, something eats the fish and then something else eats that animal. Yeah. And eventually it gets back to us. So yeah, it's not just a question of rinsing off your spinach and stuff and you're rinsing no. it off. It's actually in the, the protein matter of the fish or whatever right. it is that may have consumed consumed the, yeah. the dusty food in the first place. Right, right. And there's other concerns as well, uh, besides damaged crops and what you're eating. There's delayed flights, canceled events. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just a lot to be aware of. Yeah. Now, surprisingly, it wasn't necessarily that there were a lot of flights delayed. That wasn't the biggest cost in airlines. It was the fact that it takes a lot of money and time to clean these Airplanes. The vents and things like that and the engines and the turbos. Yeah, and it's even more if you want to clean the wheels. According to one Korean Air official, the washing of one uh, 747 jumbo jet requires 6,000 liters of water, cost of 3 million won, and takes seven to eight, eight, this is the crazy one, seven to eight hours, man hours, to clean it. It's an expensive shower. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes it is. Uh, but it's pretty important. Um, you know, like we said, it's, it's, there's a huge financial cost. There's a social cost. Uh, and again, it doesn't just affect Korea. It also affects China. They, it's more – there's a higher cost for them actually. I've always wondered, Alex, why, you know, uh, Korea and China and maybe Mongolia don't get together on a war footing and just spend the kind of money they're spending on fighting yellow dust and instead just reforest that entire border. Wouldn't that uh, do a lot to, to block off some of that dust? Well, luckily, 
that is something that is happening, which can take us actually into our solutions section right okay. now. So let's go on a personal level first. You know, the, the, the personal level is very simple. It's just to be aware of what be aware of what the numbers are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're looking at if you're ever seeing anything that's above 400 micrograms, so small, but 400 micrograms per, per cubic meter. meter yeah. Uh, then it's an advisory. You should start being worried, and if you're if you're hurt, all that, or if you have any other like respiratory systems yeah. uh, problems, or be the careful. weak, like the elderly, yeah. eight hundred micrograms per meter cubed. You know, if that's just that's danger zone. And just to find out the daily sort of status, yeah. how, what what are how do you do that? So the easiest way to do it is actually another Twitter feed. It's at Yellow Dust. It's a robot, and it just constantly posts things from the Korea Meteorological Meteorological Administration, which they also have their own website. If you search Korea Meteorolog- Meteorological <laughs> Association Asian Dust, okay, you will find it. Uh, there's charts, there's history, and you can even see the direction in which Yellow Dust is. Moving. And some of this info is in English as well, right? Yeah, all of it. Everything I've talked about right now is uh, in English and. Uh, you can also get Korean from the website, of course. All right. And then you – I think you – we both made reference to masks earlier. Yeah. If, it's, if there's a danger reading, good idea to pop by the Yakuk and get a, one of those masks. Right. I was surprised at this one because I'm a skeptic. I thought masks, masks aren't doing anything. I, when I talked to Dr. Jamin Song, she did say that masks are effective. But these masks that are specific for yellow dust lose their effectiveness when you wash them. So be wary of that. Oh, OK. So uh, buy plenty of them and uh, swap them out a little bit. Yeah. So we, we can end on this positive note that we were talking about earlier about collaboration. Uh, and so Dr. Jamin Song also revealed that the unique nature of yellow dust has made a solution to this problem more likely. So many of the traditional environmental problems like factory pollution used to be a local problem, which means that pollution mostly affects the area where the source of pollutants is located. In the case of yellow dust, it is a transboundary problem. In other words, it is an environmental problem originating in China and Mongolia affecting Korea. So to reduce yellow dust problems, collaborative actions are essential. So Korea and China have been working together for over a decade to fight the yellow dust. Public and private groups from both countries have been planting more trees in the deserts of China and Mongolia to slow desertification. The two countries have also established working groups to research ways to counter rising levels of dust pollution and installed high-tech air monitoring equipment. And especially last year, during an environment minister's meeting between China, Japan, and Korea, the ministers talked about each other's environmental policies and agreed to work together to tackle various environmental issues with improving air quality topping the list. However, the efforts are not still big enough given the frequency and strength of yellow dust occurrence. So in the long run, action should be made at a multidimensional level, including scientific, administrative, and political aspects. Are you optimistic about the direction that the international collaboration is heading? Well, I mean, since China is also suffering from air pollution and yellow dust problem, they are also affected. So now 
it became a really major issue in China as well. And they wanted to, you know, get some technical support from Korea as well. And I know that at the government level, there have been many very active discussions about this international collaboration. So she's, uh, Professor uh, Jamin Song is optimistic, uh, as usual. And uh, I just wanted to, before we start to wrap up here, Alex, uh, up the ante on the nerd content. You promised some nerdiness here. Uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble getting my head around this concept of micrograms per meter. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, what, what does that even mean? All right. So let's start simple. Let's take a meter, which is about, let's say, maybe two-thirds of your body height for adults, five feet or 150 centimeters, or maybe 55% if you're at 180 centimeters, just under six feet. So okay. just try to imagine a meter and then create an imaginary box on the ground. So going uh, three directions, up, left, and forward. Okay, <laughs> just, that's a cubic that makes, meter. Yeah, it's a cubic meter. Uh, like a compact car, you have your uh, Hyundai, Elantra, Kia Forte, Honda Civic. Compact cars have about three cubic meters of space in the cargo and passenger space, if you need that kind of got to it. Okay. help you out. All right. So we've got that. And now think about a microgram. Uh, a microgram <laughs> takes about a million, a million of these little micrograms to make one gram. So it's tiny. And we're talking about 400 micrograms and you're in an advisory. So four, yeah. uh, what is it? Four million? So uh, it's 400. No, it's uh, <laughs> one. <laughs> it's, like, it's hard. It's it's one four tenths you know, or one fifth <laughs> of a gram. That's it's one fifth of a gram. No, it's tiny. Yeah. Uh, it's even it's less than one one thousandths. Yes. Uh, we're talking about like one. Uh, do you make me do math on the spot? Yeah. One two thousandths, about something like that. I'm going to trust your math over mine <laughs> any day of the week. Yeah, and so and this is tiny because a normal cubic meter of air uh, has one point two nine three kilograms of particles in it. So like when you compare that to the you know, 400 micrograms, it's, it's really not a lot. And that's what causes this incredible yellow tint. tint. Yeah. yeah, That is some primo nerdiness. And if you want more <laughs> of that from Alex, you can go to koreanerd.com. He also has at the Korea Nerd on Twitter if you want to follow him personally. That's uh, all the time we have for now, Alex. I would say our first rock scholar has gone very nicely. Thank you. I loved it. Thanks. And that will bring our show to a close today. We are produced by Kang Jin Su today, associate production by Jamie Lee, writing by GP Wen. I'm Kurt Asian. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Koreascape. Next Saturday, the 26th, our monthly special featuring voices of listeners like yourself. Participate by emailing us at koreascape at gmail.com. Make sure to tune again tomorrow. We'll be hearing from YouTube sensation Tonan Miguk Saram as tomorrow's Why Hear Voice. We'll see you then.